Introduction once again. What do you mean? Where is Alex Slows? Oh, uh, well. Who is this I mean, man? You know, we can only. It do keeps something. saying that he's part of the show, and I feel lied to. Well, I'm actually just trying to retweet all this stuff right now. You know, every time I get the retweets from Speedy, it's literally back, at 601. He, when he gets, gets back, he has to sing Wake Me Up. Before you go, gonna go. Happen. Never gonna happen. Oh, it will happen. And there will not, then he will be banned from off the mat. For he will never, would you, would you stop it? He's the creator of this freaking show. He's the last one that's getting banned from anything on this show. Um, you know. He has lost that power. I am now the king of off the mat. You're not. I'm just not even close. I am. The King. You're not. King Lyle. That has a great tone, tune to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Pro wrestling. He is the king of the ring. Yeah, no, definitely not. That's I sure. like you're, it. You're the king I of like something. It. I like it. You're the king of something. I just can't. That's going to be our new introduction. We're going to remove the Alex Lowe's part of the introduction, and instead it's going to be, here is your host, Joshua Silverberg, and the king of the ring. Lyle Gillen. So here's what's going to happen. Then. Here's the thing. So if you are king, here's what we'll do then. We'll do a little test for you here. I will for one of these shows, and you'll do a show by yourself if you're the king. I can do it. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a guest on, but sure. No. <laughs> He's probably going to call Eddie up. To call him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll call Eddie or Scott. No, no. Actually, that's not a bad idea. On? <laughs> no, I was going to get um, Jeff back on. I think that would be a genius idea. Have Jeff on. We could talk for an hour. Easy. Jeff will never go on a wrestling show. I can talk show. about how. Jeff will never go on a wrestling show. I talked to No, Jeff. not your He'll Jeff. Which Jeff? Not your Jeff. Jeff Flipman. Oh boy, oh boy. You're gonna have him come that on. Would that would be great. Be, be I, I would talk about how horrible the booking for Wardlow is. Mm. Well I think it's terrible. We I hate it. We I have was so boring out of that, that, that match. We, we do have an interview Ooh. coming up, so I gotta get through this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is off the mat right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and on Bodyslam.net, joining you every single Friday from six to seven PM Eastern Standard Time. Of course, I'm your host, Josh Soberg. And Lyle Gillen is with me, of course, as always. Of course, Alex Lowe's not here, but we'll see in the future when he comes back. There's a lot to get to on the show tonight before we do that. 
Here's what you do. If you want to listen to our show and other programs as well, if you have an iPhone, go to the Apple Store, type in WWSRN. If you have an Android, you go to the Google Play Store, you type in Worldwide Sports. It's that simple. You just click free. It is our free app that we have on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can listen to our show plus other shows, different clips, read all the great articles we have on there. You can listen to the audio feed if you're driving, or you can have your smart speaker play us as well. And also on bodyslam.net we are on there as well we one of the best wrestling inside sources in the world today facebook twitter instagram youtube periscope and twitch we're all over the place well um we do have, we have a couple of minutes um before our first interview is coming on we have um at 6 15 we have nwa announcer joe galley is going to be joining us which is going to be awesome and then at 6.40, a guy that's been on the show in the past, Mr. Leo Rush, pro wrestler, and as well as recording artist, Leo Rush. He is going to be joining us at 6.40, so we have a jam-packed show. Um, so we'll do Joe at, at 6.15 when the interview is done. Um, we'll keep him on until about 6.35-ish. We don't want to – he's very busy. Leo's very busy, so we don't want to keep them on for too long. They're very busy people, so – you know, we're just so appreciative that they're taking the time to be able to come on with us and talk to us about all things professional wrestling that's going on and everything like that. And, and, and really, I'm, uh, Leo, of course, uh, reached out to me to want to come on the show because he's got something that's dropping next week, which was always a pleasure. Wanted to get Joe on, Joe on to get into some stuff with NWA and everything like that. Um, see what's going on. I know they just they just finished up the pay per view. Always ready, um, so that just got done. Um, I I watched bits and pieces of it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Law Rebellion, uh, one uh, the tag teams in NWA. Um, so I'm I'm a huge fan of them. Even though Commonwealth Connection did beat them, which is uh, of course uh, the returning. Doug Williams and Harry Smith now, Davey Boy Smith's son, are the new tag champs. So we'll get into all that with Joe. But first things first, before Joe comes on in about a couple of minutes, of course, if you haven't heard the news, um, and that is ginormous, massive news, and that's Vince McMahon is temporarily stepping down as CEO of the WWE with all the allegations and stuff going on. And, I mean, Dave Meltzer was on CNN today at 5 o'clock to discuss it. No, 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 no. Well, hold on. Nah, it's nah, nah. you know. Uh, Do you to hear me, that? You hear that? Yeah, you ever? Yeah, you ever nah, meet? Nah, Vince, nah, you ever nah, meet Vince McMahon's, You ever meet Vince McMahon's lawyers? I guess you never met his lawyers because he got away with it with the steroid stuff and the own heart stuff. So clearly, his track record in court that's, has been really different. good. It's actually he's not getting he, sued. No, actually, the own heart stuff was probably the, the worst. The board of WWE. The you know, of so, WWE is investigating it, and then they're gonna vote him off if he is. Yep. Um, yeah. if they find him guilty. Well, again, and that's the key, and and that's we we don't know all the facts. I I hate him. You know, we don't what know. What he all did the to Ashley Masaro. Wait, wait, hold on. Will Vince McMahon be his own, um, dark side of the ring one day? Because they better do it with, with this, with the Ashley Massaro stuff. There is some real, real crazy stuff that he has been accused of in the past. Well, it's actually kind of crazy. I, if you look at what's going on in wrestling the past month, you have the Vince stuff. You have the Sasha Banks release. You have 
Cody doubt for nine months. You have CM Punk getting surgery. You have Brian Danielson getting hurt. You have Randy Orton getting hurt. MJF stuff going out. Wrestling the last month or so has been as chaotic and as drama-ish as it's ever been. You know, in the past, WWE, when they have something controversial happen, they like to take advantage of it on screen. What they should do is have the Godfather come out and give all his hoes to Vince McMahon. Hmm. That would be amazing! He came out and he gave all the hoes to Vince McMahon. But see, but that's the thing. With all the drama and stuff going on, it's not not just WWE. It's not just WWE that's having the issues. AEW's having their own issues. What'd you say about SmackDown? Oh, Vince is is, uh, starting out the show tonight on SmackDown. He's coming out at 8 o'clock. He's going to start the show. All the hoes are going to join him. But it's not just WWE that's having the issues, too. All the hoes are going to join him. It's not just WWE WWE having the issues. It's AW has issues as well. Both companies are having issues right now. And you know, to, to, to me, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. If Okada's not at Forbidden Door in the next week, <laughs> to me the show is crap. He's, he's not gonna be, but the show will be fine. I'm not worried about it. I am you one guy. Am, it loses a ton of steam, and let me tell you something that. You could have had Will Ospreay wrestle anybody on that roster, and they picked Orange Cassidy, and I was like, really? That's the one you go with? That's who you have Will Ospreay wrestling at Forbidden Door. Not Pac. None of that. It depends. If, if it, he wrestles like he did, did in the past like when it. he was a, uh, a junior, a junior, I think it'll be fine. I hate it. Absolutely hey, hate Cassidy it. had a phenomenal match with Pac. That's fine. That's great. Good for him. You could have I'm, had six other guys wrestle ahead of Cassidy instead of him. Against Will freaking Osprey. Yeah, to, yep. to me, and I hate the Jericho match. I don't like that match. To me, it doesn't excite me, period, at all. And what's going to happen now is they're going to cluster. What I'm hearing is a lot of New Japan guys are going to be on Dynamite next week. So they're going to cluster this going into the week of the show. And it, to me... If, if Okada's not there, Punk's not there, and who knows about what Omega's doing, but if, say, Omega's not there, to me, the show, it, it doesn't excite me. It does just, does it? We still don't know those are massive right. names that you're losing on that show. Period. And we still discussion. don't know who's facing Jay White. That's the thing. We don't know. And now it could be Omega, but the thing of it is, is too, is that Man, it's I probably mean, not, but that would be about, insane. Think about it in the last three weeks, you had the thought of with CM Punk being there and Okada being there, and these guys being there. That's that's gone, it's gone. It's it's and when they announced Osprey versus Cassidy, I just put my hands on my head and I said, There are five or six other guys you could have picked. It's Will freaking Osprey. It's Will Osprey, and you're having Orange Cassidy be the rep for AEW in that match. Great, he had a very good triple threat match against Kenny Omega and Pac. Wonderful, good for him. To me, there are other guys that deserve that spot against Will Osprey, not Orange Cassidy. 
and it makes no sense. I, I, I'm not happy that Andrade's going to not be at that show either because of the whole CMLL, AAA stuff. That annoys the crap out of me because I would have loved to have seen him against Naito in a match. That's not happening now. I'm sorry. To me, and that Jericho match, when I, I, what? That was the match. That was the match. I mean, to, it's, to me, it does nothing for me. There was, this, this was a card that I felt, there was no way AEW New Japan are going to screw this up. And so far, I've seen the matches so far. Two out of the three to me are like, could Osprey Cassidy be a good match? Sure. Because, well, freaking Osprey's in it. Of course, it could be a great match. And then you're going to get Rapunky Vice versus uh, Aussie Open. That would be very good. That'd and be, then you're going to have um, FTR and versus um, Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb. I'm not a Great Ocon fan. That's the thing. I, that, that, that's why, to me, I'm, I'm not a Great Ocon He's fan. good. That, that match will be very good. I, 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 Jeff Cobb, I love Jeff Cobb. Great Ocon, I've never been a fan of. Um, so to, to me, name is terrible, but he's, he's, he's solid in the ring. You know, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our first guest. He has arrived. Uh, I will give him the proper due that he deserves. And I got to say, first off, how patient he has been throughout the entire process with all me and him going back and (laughs) forth. My wife had COVID, had to move things around and everything like that. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. Mr. Joe Galley, how you doing, sir? Josh, how's the wife? Come on, give me the, the health wife update. wife is great, man. She, oh, she's good. Cool. I, <laughs> I missed her because I took care of my seven-month-old for a week by myself, so I missed her. <laughs> still lives. It's a miracle. Yeah, I know, right? That's the thing. I survived. I didn't think I was going to. I didn't think I would. Honestly, I was like a little scared at first. I'm like, I sit there. I said, so what are you doing? Are you going to quarantine in the bedroom or are you going to... No, I'm going to go to my sister's house and quarantine there because her sister got sick too. And I was like, so you're leaving? Yes. Ah, crap. Okay. No. <laughs> but no, man, thanks for asking. Everything is everything is great. How are you doing? How's your family doing and everything like that? Every time I look at you on Twitter, you're always traveling, man. It's You're always all over the place. It's a blessed life. I mean, we just came back from our loop with uh, the Always Ready pay-per-view and then our tapings in Knoxville and Nashville. Uh, Family's great. Life's great. And uh, the NWA is firing on all cylinders and we're heading straight to NWA 74 in St. Louis. We're going back to the chase for wrestling at the chase. And, you know, all our titles will be on the line. We're bringing tons of legends in for it. Uh, It's going to be even bigger than it was last year. I was going to say, because uh, Always Ready to me, very good show. I'm a big... To me, a tag team that um, is going is they get recognized, but I don't think they get the due diligence that they deserve, and that's Law Rebellion. To me, I think when I look at that team, you just see you see the gimmick that they have with the paint and their style. Like their match with the Briscoes was fantastic, and that's not maybe I, the Briscoes are my favorite tag team. Call it like it is, but still, the Law Rebellion is getting up there with me. And then you see now a team of, of Harry Smith and the returning, the returning Doug Williams back winning the, 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 the tag team belts. What, what, what are your thoughts with the way the NWA tag team division is right now? Because when you look at their tag team division, it's re- and now you add Smith and Williams in there. It's a strong, strong group. 
It is. It is. It's the whole reason why we're the group that wants to continue on and do things like the Crockett Cup to feature tag team wrestling. I think that it's super important. It's super important to the roots of the NWA as well. Think of all the amazing tag teams that kind of came from there. Even the Rock and Roll Express. And we have, you know, one half of that. Mm -hmm. And Ricky Morton, who still wrestles with us, wrestling with his son, Carrie Morton. And it's it's just to be able to see that dynamic and to see that still growing and still evolving. And, you know, Ricky Morton coming out of nowhere and doing Canadian Destroyers at 60 whatever years old is always so impeccable. But I like what you say about uh, La Rebellion. I think that that's pretty undeniable. They are a fantastic tag team. They come with so much charisma, different. They hit so hard. And, you know, there's a lot of different sort of Lucha style tag teams out there. But I feel like La Rebellion sort of transcends that. And that's why they're so successful with our brand and our style of fighting, which is so much you know, hard hitting, more gritty at a certain pace. And they can adapt to that. And that's why they were tag champions for so long and had that absolute banger of a match with the Briscoes. I think it's probably one of my favorite matches I've ever called. So to have them there as a, as a real focal point and, and at this point now as challengers against the Commonwealth Connection, you got Harry Smith. Uh, and Doug Williams, uh, you know, as a team together, this is their first championship together. But if you look, you know, on their Wikipedia pages, you know, IWGP tag yep. team champions, WWE tag team champions, just with different people, but they've known each other for so long. And now they've come together and formed this amazing tag team where you have the ambassador of British wrestling and the absolute powerhouse uh, that is Harry Smith coming in and just leveling the place. And then you've got everybody who's gunning for them at this point. And we've got some, you know, what I guess people would consider lower tier tag teams, you know, guys like the Fixers with Wrecking Ball Ligurski and Jay Bradley and everybody who's trying to work their way up and a lot of sort of homegrown tag teams that we have in the National Wrestling Alliance through, you know, Austin Idol's team with Jordan Clearwater and Marche Rocket, you know, the Ill-Begotten. We've got all these really, really hungry teams and they all want a shot at that gold. But I mean, at the top of the mountain are two guys that have been everywhere and done everything and won everything that's been put in front of them. And so that's what's so exciting for me with tag team wrestling there. And at this point, I'm not even sure, you know, what we're going to be able to see at NWA 74. Who's going to be challenging them for those belts? Could we see the Briscoes? Could we see La Rebellion? Could we see a team like the OGK, which have made uh, several stops with us? I mean, the, the I feel like the doors really open for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of wrestling fans out there would be exciting to see who's going to be walking through it. Go for it, Lyle. First off, I want to say thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. But I want to know your opinion because, you know, NWA has a completely different strategy on presenting a wrestling show compared to the more mainstream style, which is WWE, the AEW, and how they do it in a big giant arena. What do you think the advantages are of how NWA does it? compared to the other promotions on and what do you like about the differences of it well i think you know when you take a look at what studio wrestling is and the intimacy that you get with studio wrestling and i feel like wwe and AEW they try to do their version of it when you look at nxt or you look at AEW dark but at the same time i feel like it kind of that interaction and intimacy with the crowd gets washed out a little Whereas ours is very much more reminiscent of Georgia Championship Wrestling. And you've got people shouting from the crowd. And you've got wrestlers that are interacting with that and having to be improvisational with those people. And I think that that's what makes our brand so special. Is, you know, yes, it, 
everybody wants to be in the 18,000 seat arena, making the millions of dollars and all that other stuff. We're not at that position just yet. So let's take advantage of what we have and the legacy that we have and use what's worked in the past and bring it to a modern audience. And so that's why we could take studio wrestling and put it on platforms like Fight TV, YouTube, or pretty much anywhere else. And you have to understand the other, the other thing is what we do and the product we make is aesthetically, it looks very good, even to people who don't particularly like wrestling, but they're in the television business and they like money. And so they look at what we're making and at the price point that we're making it. And they're like, oh, we could put this anywhere, plug it in. And it's basically plug and play. And I think that that's what's really going to give us an advantage going forward with it. It's not just the look, it's not just the feel, but it's also what we're being able to get for, you know, being able to work in that smaller, tighter environment. And what comes out of that is is really something that's just, it's different. I prefer it, obviously, um, <laughs> but I'm a little biased. But, you know, it, but it's attractive to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And I think that that's what's so important. I got to ask you, it's, it's a two-parter for me. One is what got you into wanting to do broadcasting, but not even just broadcasting to do the, in the wrestling industry. And two, I went through the list today. You have a very tough job because you've had a lot of different partners, a lot of different partners, you, you know, between Tim Storm, Velvet Sky, it, it goes, you know, you know, with, with uh, Tyrus and everything like that. You've had so many different voices that you've worked with in the past. So to me, what got you into the broadcasting industry and especially wrestling? And two, how do you maintain to continue to keep the, the balance and even flow that you have? Because I always hear you on Fight TV and it just sounds like. You have a great connection with no matter who your partner is. And it's tough to do when you're constantly having changes with that. You know, I'll start with the second question first. And I think that's just because the people that we bring in to do commentary uh, are fantastic. And sometimes it's people like Stu Bennett, a.k.a. Wade Barrett, um, you know, he never really had done commentary before he came to yes. do it with us at NWA Power. But we kind of just I hit it off. It. And I think it's it, – it's, I think we just – both have a, a such a high level of, of a passion for this project and a passion for professional wrestling, I should say, more than anything else. And you could watch some other places out there, you know, maybe Monday Night Raw, for example, and the, the guy that they have doing lead, he's doing a fantastic job there. But I feel like that there's there's a maybe a slight disconnect where the level of fandom might not be there. And at the end of the day, the commentator is just a broadcaster who's also an, an incredibly big fan. Uh, could you imagine, you know, if Howard Cosell didn't like boxing or, yeah. you know, Joe Buck wasn't a big fan of football. It doesn't matter how good of a broadcaster you are. You have to be a fan first and then you can be an elevated in that. Yeah. So to be able to work with guys, especially, you know, the time that I got to work with Jim Cornette, you know, no one is a bigger encyclopedia of professional wrestling than him. And I mean, if anybody listens to his podcast knows all about that, but um, and so it's always great to have this. And I think what we have right now with our core commentary team, with Tim Storm, Velvet Sky, and myself, I think that we're going to see a lot more of that going forward. We want to bring in some other people, uh, you know, for special things. You know, you have a match and Tyrus is in the ring, so we'll bring in Austin Idol to, you know, be Austin Idol. That'll be interesting. But we've been playing with it and kind of seeing where everything kind of fits. But I think our core team, you know, me and Tim and Velvet, like, we just hit it off. And honestly, there's a lot more fun stuff that happens between the matches that a lot of people never get to see unless you come and see it in person and sit near us. 
and there's a lot of jokes that get made and it's a real fun time too. And I think that that helps too, because it's not all business. We're just having a good time out there. It's, I like to equate it to playing jazz. You know, we're all just kind of, we've got our own instruments mm-hmm. and we're all playing it and we're all just kind of vibing and finding that rhythm and building a story as it goes along. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like that, which I don't know if Billy Corgan would like to equate it that way, being the rock star, but I'm sure he appreciates jazz. I should have jazz conversations with Billy at some point. And as far as what got me into being commentary with pro wrestling, so much of the sport of professional wrestling and everything else that happens in every industry, the biggest and most important thing is showing up. And so if you kind of just show up and you show an interest and you show enthusiasm, it doesn't matter if you go to your local professional wrestling, uh, you know, indie show, or if you go to, you know, a mom and pop store or a mechanic shop, if you're interested in like fixing cars for a living, if you just kind of show enthusiasm and interest and stuff, and you have some amount of skill, someone will eventually give you a shot. And so that's what sort of happened with me is the timing just happened to work out very well. I was, you know, like, like many people who love the sport of professional wrestling, I was one of those, to quote Jim Cornette, outlaw indie mud show wrestlers that were, you know, back in the day. And, you know, this is, you know, very early internet. So there's not a whole lot of footage, thank God, because I was a bad wrestler. <laughs> but I still loved it. I still loved it. I still trained. I worked in Los Angeles and neighboring areas and all kinds of things like that. And then eventually what happened is I was working in news and uh, a friend of mine, Brandon Taylor, who at the time was wrestling as the hobo and now wrestles as Robert Baines and works for New Japan Pro Wrestling in the back. Um, Todd Kennelly, who was working for Dave Marquez's promotion, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, he was leaving to go do TNA Impact. And so there was this open position for a commentary spot. And I was a broadcaster. And I'd been out of the ring for a number of years at that point. But my friend Brandon, who was the champ there, said, why don't you just come by and try it? And I was like, all right, this is one of those things. Let's just show up. So I made the three and a half hour drive to the venue and I did some backstage interviews and the guy who runs that Dave Marquez, he comes from a broadcast background. And so he took a shining to me and that was a big show of the year that they call the red carpet rumble, their version of the Royal rumble. And then the next day or the next set of tapings was two or three weeks later. Uh, they just sit in the chair. You're doing it. Here you go. Trial by fire. See if you could call it. And so that, and I was there for a number of years. I was there calling the action with Giant LaQuasto, uh, who's all over. If you watch wrestling on Fight TV, you'll eventually hear his voice because he worked with WWE for a little while, calling 205 and main event and places like that. Fantastic guy. Just great stand up comedy, too. Follow him on TikTok. It's hilarious. And then at that point, you know, this is right when Billy Corgan buys the NWA and Tim Storm's the champion. And so they're doing the 10 pounds of gold series and they're trying to figure out, you know, how do we get this to people? And how do I, you know, Billy Corgan is trying to find a place that he can bring it in and make a deal and make sure that it looks professional. And so he knew Dave Marquez and Dave Marquez has championship pressing from Hollywood, which is run on KDOC in Los Angeles for, geez, it's gotta be close to 10 years at this point. Um, so it has, he has a great setup there. And so we brought Tim Storm in, and that's where the the feud started between Tim Storm and Nick Aldis before Nick Aldis won the championship the first time. And so that's when Billy Corgan at the time just got to hear me call a match, and he was in the back. And after the show, he just pulled me aside, which was freaking weird for me. You know, I'm just, you know, a guy – I'm just some kid from the San Fernando Valley. I, you know, I lost my virginity at 16 in the back car and backseat of a car. <laughs> tonight, tonight was playing on the radio. So it's like, what's the guy who was playing the song when I was, you know, throwing my two minutes of energy here? You know, it, 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 he's pulling me aside and he's like, hey, you know what? I, I like what you're doing. I think you have a good voice. I want you to be a part of the NWA. Uh, 
he's like, I don't know where we're going exactly, but I want you to be a part of it. And he had very, very lofty goals. And now we're at that point. And, you know, the, the pandemic hit us like a Mack truck, just like it did everybody else. It derailed a lot of the plans that we had. But we're really on track right now with something that's really great. And that's why it's so wonderful to be able to go to places like Knoxville, which, you know, WWE recently ran there. I think AEW might be running there at some point. But it's still a town that doesn't get a whole lot of professional wrestling, especially compared to like when it used to have it in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. I mean, and I was talking about this, yeah, Mm -hmm. with Joe Kazana, who the Kazana family that was running that Knoxville territory and was integral with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, with Jim Cornette again. And but so there's been this it, it's it's like a wrestling desert, you know, and you talk about, you know, food deserts where there's just no grocery stores. Now this is a wrestling desert where a lot of promotions don't come through anymore. So to have that audience come in and they were just red hot because they were like, you know, this is great, you know. And we were in a venue that, you know, typically, you know, does convention space and weddings and banquets and things like that. But we transformed it into like the NWA arena. And it's kind of cool to do it in these you know, different venues. And it makes us have a different look than, let's say, you know, your WWEs and your AEWs that are in stadiums or their versions of that. But for us to kind of take and transform these spaces that, you know, people are comfortable going to and having a good time, I mean, it really makes us look different. It really makes us shine. So that was kind of my course into the NWA. And then it it just got me to here. And now, you know, I work full-time in the sport of professional wrestling. It's great. You know, Billy's- Isn't it great to just say that? Like, just to say that to yourself? It's I'm full-time announcer. Yeah. But not even just a full-time announcer, Joe. You're a full-time announcer in one of the most prestigious companies on the planet in the National Wrestling Alliance. I'm I'm humbled to be at this point. You know, you never think that something like this is <laughs> going to happen. Like of if course. you would have told, you know, 15 year old me who's, you know, watching, you know, uh, Raw's war and thinking, oh, you see what JR is doing. You're going to be doing that. And I'd be like, what? You're high. Like, what are you talking about? That's never going to happen. <laughs> to me. That's crazy. Uh, and the thing that I'm doing and, you know, being the age that I am, I didn't have you know, the same level of reverence for the NWA until much later in life, to be honest with you. You know, I didn't grow up with that. You know, I'm 35. So it's like it it didn't I wasn't doing tape trading and trying to find, you know, AWA matches with, you know, Ric Flair or whatever on them. Uh, but, you know, the Internet's so great and you just kind of fall into wrestling and then, then you just go down the rabbit I'm sure you guys have done that where you just kind of go down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden oh, you're sure. watching re- wrestling matches from Japan from 50, yeah. 40 years ago. And yeah, it's like, oh, my God, this is so good. You know, like, yeah. And then just to kind of have that be like, this is my career now and doing that and being a broadcaster and stuff. It, it, I, I am living the, an impossible dream that I didn't think was true. And what's great is that dream is continuing. And we're growing and we're getting bigger and uh, I'm hoping we're going to be able to make some really big strides within the next six months, 12 months, two years. And we're going to be, I think we're going to be expanding to a much larger audience and we're going to be available in a lot more places for people to be able to see our style and our product. And that's, what's really exciting is all the things that are just on the horizon. For sure. We're talking really quick before a while goes. We're talking to National Wrestling Alliance announcer, Mr. Joe Galley himself. Lyle, you're up, man. Okay, so I was going to ask one question, but I'm going to put it aside because you brought this guy up. Now, <laughs> we both agree. I know where it's going. He, he is a he is one of the best, most knowledgeable men in the world. However, I think a lot of people 
can agree. Jim Cornette. Highly racist man. And I want your opinion on what he said on commentary. Right then he got he left and he got fired. So I want to know what your opinion is of that and how he is deemed uncancelable with all the horrible stuff he said. Was one of the top horrible things he said is uh, saying how Kenny Omega is a pedophile, which is just I don't know how he hasn't been canceled for that. But I want your well, opinion on what he said. The the, the uh, thing is with the thing and, and no no by all means back in the day, um, you know that was a really tumultuous moment for us. And we had to make a decision. That was the decision that the NWA made. And even when he said it, I did all I did is I just didn't react to it. And I thought that it would just kind of disappear because it was just another one of his Jim Cornette isms. You know, it's not something that he had not said previously in the past. And it's probably something that he says on his own podcast. And I think, you know, you get these people out there, you get people out there with a certain level of stardom and they have their own avenues of making money and getting to their audience and it kind of allows them to say whatever they want you know there's plenty of people out there that might describe that they're basically on their own little pirate ship and they're just going to be sailing through the sea and you can't stop them they're just going to do what they're going to do and that's the one thing that jim Cornette has constantly done and that's be controversial uh to the point to where if you listen to his podcast one of them i can't remember which one it references the fact that he said Ronnie Garvin blew up like the challenger. He made a joke about American astronauts dying. Yeah. During a wrestling match. And not only does yeah. he and and he has put that part of his history into that. the intro for his song, the intro song for his thing. So what you have now is a person and we'll take all the great accolades of Jim Cornette to the side. Let's let's well, I'll put all the stuff about, you know, all the years that he worked and the people that he influenced and the people he coached and all of the stuff that he made. But at the end of the day, what you have right now is a controversial person who makes money being controversial. And that used to be something that was, you know, rather normal in American society before cancel culture and stuff like that. You have people or even just now you have people out there, your Joe Rogans of the world that want to go ahead and make he controversial is, Joe statements. Rogan of wrestling. Yeah. And so you have these people out there and they have insulated themselves with enough fan base to where they're not only surviving, but one could argue that they're thriving. And it's going to attract a certain level of people to that person all the time Um, to say that he's racist. I don't know that he is. I couldn't tell you. I have never heard him be racist. I've never heard him like, for instance, all the time we work professionally, he had no problem putting over African-American wrestlers. So if he was inherently racist, he would bury people like any of the African-Americans that were on our team. And it, uh, Willie Mack. Willie Mack's a good example. Our first national champion, our, as when we brought the belt back, Jim Cornette was on the call, and he loved Willie Mack. So if Jim Cornette was racist, could he like Willie Mack? I don't think so. Your comment about calling Kenny Omega a pedophile? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the guy, he's going to say controversial <laughs> shit. And if I were Kenny Omega, I don't understand how Kenny Omega hasn't found a lawyer and sued him for slander because Kenny Omega is not a pedophile. And to say that he is one, which is a federal crime, then then there's your issue. So, But at the end of the day, you're always going to run into controversial people in professional wrestling. Look at the guy who's been running WWE forever and all the news that's happening. (laughs) So, So everyone who's connected with Vince is there's 
all this different tentacles of stuff that have gone through and all these terrible things that have happened. And but but what we can do, what we can do is do better in the future. And we could tell those people yes. that have those positions, you know what, you're going to take a step back. We're going to let someone else do this job now that, you know what, they're either going to do the same job or they're going to do the worst job. But at the very least, we're going to give someone an opportunity that isn't doing something that we believe is morally unconscionable. And that's what we've done. And that's why Jim's not with us, because that decision was made. So we're moving on. And, and you know what, to be honest, if you think about it this way, when Jim left, uh, we brought in Stu Bennett who, you know, most people know as Wade Barrett on NXT and, you know, phenomenal. And to Stu's credit, I mean, he was so good at it. WWE said, hey, that thing you're doing over there, why don't you come over here and make a lot of money doing it? So if if all of that didn't happen with Jim, you know, Stu Bennett, God only knows what he'd probably just be doing, you know, action movies and stuff right now. But it also opened him the door to be welcomed back into the WWE universe and do what he continues to do in love. So, you know, everything sort of happens for a reason, I guess I should say. My last one for me to, to you, Joe, is we, we talk about the 10 pounds of gold and everything, that, which to me still to this day is the most beautiful championship, heavyweight championship belt that is in the industry today. I don't care. You could throw a WWE belt, an AEW belt. Doesn't oh, matter. Those WWE belts are ugly as sin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate them all. I, 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 I wish. They're so bad. They had such a good opportunity with the Intercontinental, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna bring, we're gonna change the look of it." And I was like, "Oh man, that's what you did with it." Like, but they also the, the, the weird thing is too is that with the Intercontinental, they always do photo shoots with the old belt, and they bring the old belt. But then, like, that's the opportunity where you you it blows it my back. Mind. It, it blows, blows my, my exactly. Mind. It makes no sense, but. You know, we look at somebody like a Trevor Murdoch, right, who is now, I believe, in his second reign as NWA heavyweight champion. I know Matt Cardona was supposed to be in it, and then the whole injury thing happened and everything like that. But, of course, we always think of Nick Aldis, who, by the way, Nick Aldis to me is as underrated as there is a professional wrestler in the world today, um, hands down. And when I see a guy like Trevor Murdoch, Joe – I see a guy that when he was with Garrison Cade, they were doing their thing in WWE, winning tag team championships and all that stuff. And now you see Trevor today thriving in the National Wrestling Alliance. And, you know, my question to you is when you see somebody like that, that has come a long way, right? That was at one point a tag team champion, put on the back burner, then let go. There's no, there's no trajectory as there, right? Like you said, when you got your job, there was no trajectory really. It was who knows where anything goes. Trevor got his opportunity. When you see a story like that about a guy like Trevor Murdoch, how just, just not even from just a fan perspective, but as a professional person to person standpoint, when you see that, do you say, man, this guy earned the right to win the championship through all the accolades and everything that he had gone through in his past? And losing one of his good buddies in Garrison Cade as well, very suddenly they were best friends. We don't forget that. What were your thoughts when you see him win that belt again at Always Ready and everything like that? You know, I, I love Trevor. Um, he's a great guy all around, a real locker room leader, um, and just a, a great, it. a great example of what a, what a good human being, good family man that he is. And you know, there's a lot of people out there. You know, if I tried to do a, a Trevor Murdoch country gimmick, you'd see right through me. But this guy, he is, he lives that life. I mean, you see him and do it, do it. he's spitting tobacco in the back and like he lives that, he, that's him. That's so genuine. And that's why people like that succeed 
in the NWA is we allow people to be who they are and to see that person to be able to, you know what it really comes down to is having the talent and the drive that's so impressive to me. And you see that with a guy like Matt Cardona, who was, you know, always the second banana in and the laughing stock in WWE. Really quick, you know, Joe. They, he and Blau yeah. and I have said right now he, in our eyes, is arguably next to MJF, probably the best heel. Yes. In professional wrestling. I, I, like, I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And it's heartbreaking to see somebody get an re- injury like that. But yep. unfortunately, it's wrestling. It's a contact sport. These things will happen. And what could happen after that is maybe he has to come back and maybe he's not a heel anymore. And things will change. and Things will evolve with the way people perceive someone and see someone. But to be able to see these people who can have a resurgence uh, in their career, especially with us in the NWA, that's what's so great about how diverse our roster is. And not only from, you know, the aspect of, you know, women and different races and things like that, but the diversity of a lot of people who have different experiences, people who did have their time in WWE, your Trevor Murdoch's, your Tyrus's, your Aaron Stevens. And Aaron Stevens is another guy. I love that. I love Aaron Stevens. I know he just left too. I love Aaron Stevens. You know, he says he left. Yeah, Uh, I know. if you love Aaron Stevens, stick around because I think he might be hanging out a little while longer. That's he pulled the greatest world. gimmick ever in WWE, being the stunt man for the Miz. I mean, that was perfect. it was fantastic. It was fantastic, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, and and what he's done. People now, have been wanting him to do that with Elias. Yeah, I, I know. I've seen the, all the things about it. And I, <laughs> he could pull it off, especially now. He's also for for those of you who are fans of the show Heels, you expect to see some Aaron, Aaron Stevens on that. And since he's on that show, and he's oh, got to yeah. sit stand next to guys like Luke Cox. And, and Nick Aldis, he's been hitting the gym hard, and he's bigger than I think he's ever freaking been in his life. The guy's <laughs> jacked to the gill. You picked a great time to have your swan song, Aaron, because you're more jacked than we've ever seen. Yeah, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> but but to go back, like, to be able to see guys like Trevor Murdoch, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, a lot of people would have just seen them thrown in the gutter, and they could have just gone home, got the real estate license, and sold homes or something, or opened a car wash or something like that. But he stayed with this business because he's passionate about it. He's passionate about this sport. And to be able to be hold that belt. I think the other thing you have to remember with like a guy like Trevor Murdoch being trained by Harley Race, the eight-time world heavyweight champion, in my opinion, the best world heavyweight champion we've ever had. I know we can argue about that for hour and ever. We could argue Ric Flair, you could argue anybody, you could we could we could be here all day. But to have that direct connection that this was the guy who trained me, this was the belt he had. He held it, and I'm sure if you asked him, he held it for a very short time until Matt Cardona came and, and took it right out from under him. But for him to get another shot at it to prove that he can go the distance, that he's not a transitional champion, it's really exciting to see that. And it's exciting to see the style of wrestler that he is because, you know, Trevor Murdoch, especially the age that he is now and the body type that he is now, he would never get an opportunity in a place like WWE. He doesn't have that physique that they're used to, that, you know, your Chris Adonis physique of a guy that you have. But you do have a guy who you believe is tough. And if you got into a bar fight with him, you'd lose all your teeth. And that's the guy Trevor Murdoch is. And that's why I think he's such a great representation of what it means to be a champion in the NWA or anywhere in the world. And it's going to be exciting to see how it's going to develop, especially as we get back to NWA 74, which is in St. Louis, in his hometown, 
If he can hold on to Sweet Charlotte, he'll be defending that championship in the same building, in the same in the same town as the place that he won it the first time, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Well, Joe, listen, thank you so much for coming on with us this evening. We really appreciate it. I'm sorry about all the delays and everything that have gone back and forth. We want you back on the show again. Do not be a stranger. Again, we could talk hours about the NWA World Championship. And I, you know what? Homework. Next time I get you back on, I think we're gonna have a we're gonna compare a top five list. I think the top five NWA champion heavyweight champion. Well, I'm, down. I'm on it. I'm I on think it. That, that sounds great. I think that would be a great thing. Gonna, I'll to have talk. to bring a I'll bring a case of beer because we're gonna be here a while. You're gonna bring the beer. <laughs> Where's my fridge? <laughs> bring my fridge next to me, so like you know. <laughs> Yo, before we let you go, I got a fridge next to me. I'll <laughs> Joe, before we let you go, how can the fans find you on social media and all that, mm-hmm. everything you're doing online? and all that the, the best way is just find me on Twitter, at Joe Galley News. I got it on your screen there. Uh, and I think the most important thing anybody could do is, is just uh, stay tuned to the NWA social media accounts. Uh, go to nwatix.com where tickets are already on sale for night one and night two of NWA 74 coming to you from the Chase Park Plaza Hotel wrestling at the Chase. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, you know, it, whether you're in the uh, St. Louis area or you would need to travel to it, it's a, a phenomenal place to do it. I would also recommend staying at the Chase because there's nothing better than going and seeing a great show. And then you just go to the bar and everybody's having a good time at the bar. And then you head straight up to your room. You don't need to go anywhere. You save on the <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh, it's a really awesome. cool venue. It's a really cool venue. It's That's a really great. cool experience. It's very different. You won't have an experience in wrestling like this anywhere else in the world. And so I really want to, you know, push people. Tickets are on sale now. They're going to go fast. And then we're going to be announcing a lot of these matches in the coming weeks as we get our episodes of Power and episodes of NWSA that, you know, if you subscribe on Fight TV or follow the NWA on YouTube, you subscribe to us there, you're going to see some of the best wrestling on God's Green Earth. Joe Galley, ladies and gentlemen, National Wrestling Alliance announcer, the voice of the NWA, Joe Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We greatly appreciate it. We will talk to you real soon. We want you back on. Don't be a stranger, all right? Love you, Josh. Love you, Lyle. Have a great night. Love you, man. Have a good night, all right? Thanks a lot. Joe Alley, ladies and gentlemen. But we have a guest waiting. He hasn't been here in a while. And he reached out to me, and I was I was truly honored by it, honestly. Um, and everything like that. So... Do we want to go to a quick commercial break for a second, Lyle? Do you need to go for a quick second? We'll bring him in after. Bring him him right in. All right. Speedy, bring him on in. Bring the man in, all right? Because, you know, it's been a while. We got to reacquaint ourselves, get our tracks on gear and everything (laughs) like that, all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, how many nicknames? We've got Man of the Hour. Well, well, come on, Leo. You know, I, I, I lose track. Yes, <laughs> oh, sir. I appreciate you for having me. Oh, man. Always, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestler, recording artist. The man does it all. He's been in AEW, New Japan, MLW, WWE, all over the place. Leo Rush. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm 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 feeling good too. I can see. You know why? Because because you're on you're on Western time. We didn't this time. We didn't call you at six seven o'clock oh, in the morning this time. First off, because eventually when Leo does come to New York, I and I told Leo this, I definitely want to, you know get together and everything like that, sorts and just catch up and do everything like that. Not even talk about wrestling. They right? just family stuff and everything because. 
listen, Leo's got kids too, man. And I have a seven month old Leo knows this um, and everything. So I'm trying to like get the, get the father brain in my head at this point, you know, cause my wife had COVID a few weeks ago and we just had oh, wow. Joe Galley on from NWA and I had to delay him cause I had to watch my son. Lyle knows my son and like me as a father by myself for a week feels like a month, you know, cause he just, He's seven months. He, he just rambles, and I don't know what he's saying. So I'm just like, dude, what are you talking about? He sounds like a gremlin. Like, yeah. it's just like <laughs> you know. But first off, Leo, how are you? How's the family? How's everything going with that? Everybody, everybody's good, man. Kids are healthy. Wife is healthy. Everybody's happy. Um, doing really good. Appreciate you for asking. Of course, I need that chair you got too. By the way, I gotta get that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sick chair. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. Is that like a video? Is that like a gamer chair? Yeah, it's a gamer's chair. That's oh, dude, I gotta get a gamer chair. I bought chair. it for my Twitch streaming. Uh, mm-hmm. I set up the Twitch account, but I haven't had my first Twitch stream yet. So I'm just getting the chair warmed up and ready. That's what you, you gotta find that spot. You gotta <laughs> plop it in. You gotta settle it like Homer Simpson. You gotta find that spot. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, but <laughs> breaking it in, man. Oh, that's exactly it. I I forget we have, uh, Phil Stamper came on our show a few months ago, and I asked him the same question: Where'd you get the gamer chair from? He never sent it to me after he said he would. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Leo, um, I know you reached out the other day, and I did see it too. You do have a big project that's coming out next week. We want to get into that with you, and of course, talk all all things wrestling that's going on too. I mean, this month has just been wild. In, yes, the, in professional <laughs> wrestling. And we have a lot we want to Sweet. ask you for sure. But we we definitely want to talk to you about your project that's 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 being that's coming out. Um I believe it's coming next week, right? Yes, sir. On the 24th. June on the 24th. 24th. Perfect. So let's t- tell the fans what it is that you worked on and everything like that with the album and all about you with the music and everything that I know going on. Because the last time we spoke, you, you know, you were you were into it and everything like that, but now you got this awesome album coming out next week. Tell the fans all about it. Yeah, so about a year ago, I put out um, my my uh, my EP, Not Found, um, the the first Not Found, um, and that was done, you know, independently, and um, it caught some some good some good traction, and it led to me signing my first music deal uh, with Thump Records and, and Virgin Music and UMG. Uh, so I'm putting out my my second EP, Not Found Two, and I'm super excited about it, man. Coming out June 24th. Uh, it'll be another five tracks, just like the first uh, EP. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to um, my fans, you know, hearing my growth within my music, within the lyrics, within within the music itself. So um, I'm pretty pumped. Love it. And the, the thing, now you said obviously with five tracks, are they, how long did this album take to create and what gave you the influence for, for the songs that you created and all that? Yeah, I've, um, I well, first, my, my inspiration uh, for uh, this project, Not Found 2, um, kind of stems from the first project of, uh, you know, moving to L.A., um, having, you know, certain fears with being involved in the, the music industry and the entertainment industry, um, you know, while being a family man and, 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 and being such, you know, like an introverted kind of person, you know, putting myself out there. Stepping out of my comfort zone, um, so this has everything to do with pretty much what I go through in my my personal life, in my my day to day. You know how I think, you know, my mindset, and 
and how I want to move forward in life, you know, as a as an artist and as a man. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it to it uh, coming out. I've been working on this for about a year. Um, uh, not purposely though. No, <laughs> I think my my injury my injury set me back a little. Yeah, bit. that would mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, my injury set me back a little bit. This was originally supposed to be a Valentine's Day project um, that ended up getting pushed back. Um, and some things got moved around, some things got sw uh, swapped and switched out. So, um, yeah, now I have Not Found 2, uh, which is going to be, you know, my first project being distributed through through uh, through the labels that, that I have to deal with. So I'm, I'm super excited, man. Before before Lyle goes, are you going to be touring anywhere? Are you going to be going to any places to do the to do your music? Some dates are being set up right now. I do know that I have uh, awesome. an, Ontario, an Ontario date uh, in Canada. Um, uh, so that me and my team have been working on setting up a tour, a tour for Not Found uh, as a whole, uh, combining you know the two EPs to make kind of one album. That's going to be really cool once that's situated and and uh, those dates are, are posted. So. Definitely uh, be on the lookout and, and stay tuned for um, some some dates to hopefully be posted within the next. Uh, so when you come to New York, I expect front row seats. <laughs> I want VIP status. Little, I want little service. Passes, little service. I want I want the the whole thing. That's what I want. What I come you got it. You got <laughs> it. Backstage VIP. <laughs> I want everything. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna I wear I'm gonna wear my my black heart shirt. When I go, go ahead. Ahead. <laughs> okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. Lyle knows I do have the one with the eyes on it from Pro Wrestling. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yes, he does. I do. You can only you can only wear it to the show if you come up singing the hums. You gotta. Oh man, that's it. It was so funny when I heard that when the Blackheart character was out. I heard that song. I just kept putting it on repeat shuffle over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. And my wife was like, "It's a great song," but you've heard this song like four times already you know what i'm saying like this is like what, what, what <laughs> she didn't know what was going on <laughs> but i do like the hum part that to me is a very creative part of yeah. that. the whole character itself to me is unbelievable Leo. i mean that, that, it's unique and it's different and with the paint and and just adding you know with the eyes and everything with the paint over here on the chest area and stuff like that it just adds a certain uniqueness to the character, but you and I was at, obviously I I would love to see that character again. Not that I don't love you the way you are, I do, but that is like you think of like the Finn Balor character, right? When he's the demon every now and then, you bring it yeah. out every now and then. You don't oversaturate it. So I would, you know, if that character ever comes out again, I'll be tuning in. Right, I'll be one of the first ones to be tuning in. I saw you at uh, GCW. Nice to see you again. But I wanted to uh, ask you now: Where can I listen to this? Is it going to be distributed in stores also, like with on CD, on vinyl, only be on like Spotify and stuff? Or wh where will I be able to listen to this and purchase it? It will be available for for uh, for, for CD and, and vinyl. All of that will be up on my my website as well. But if you want to uh, check out my music, awesome. you know, past projects. Uh, current projects, you know, the one that's about to come out now, not found too. You can you can go to my website, leorush.com, and you'd be able to see, you know, all of the the platforms that the project is going to be streamed and uh, available for download. Go for it, awesome. Lottie. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't throw any don't 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 throw any like fastballs right away. Okay, let's let's <laughs> give him a you give him a nice easy one first. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, um, I'm gonna uh. He's gonna throw you a fastball. I know. I, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the twosies, I'm gonna wait till the end, but I want your opinion or your experience, I should say. What was it like in the AEW locker room right after Cody left and wh- while that was happening with all the rumors that his contract was up? What was the locker room like, and did people expect him to leave? What was everything, What was going on back then? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I, I, I actually departed from, from, from the company before, uh, before that even happened, but I do remember seeing uh, all of that you know, transpire uh, uh, online. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Um, you know, it's a tricky thing with wrestling because, you know, this day and age, you never know what's what's, what's real, what's not. Um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm here for, I would say that I'm here for the journey uh, and for the ride with, with everybody else, but um I feel like I got off that ride a long time ago. I don't want to ride the ride anymore. So, <laughs> so, um, so I, I'm focused on on me and, and what I got going on. But it definitely seems like a, a very interesting situation, and I mean one that that you know was exciting, uh, and and you know got the wrestling world talking. You know something super unexpected and. And I feel like that is what's missing in wrestling nowadays. I feel like a lot of people know what's going on at all times. Uh, and that, that was definitely something that was unexpected and it shook up the wrestling world. So, you know, good for him. I, it's gotta, I gotta ask you, you, you were in the WWE locker room and everything like that. You're hearing, I mean, it's one of the biggest stories that's out there today. I mean, Dave Meltzer was on CNN today talking about it. It's crazy. Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO of the WWE. It's just a wild, wild thing that, you know, and, and we were talking to Joe Galley about it before too. It's just a wild sequence how this happened. Like, what are what were your thoughts when you, I know how busy you are and stuff like that, but like, what were like, you, you go, wow, Vince has stepped down as CEO of the WWE. That's crazy. That's something we didn't, we thought he'd be there. So he was gone and kicked the bucket and passed, but he, he stepped down. It's, it's just a – Leo, it's a crazy thing to even – as a wrestler or a wrestling fan that you never thought you'd see. Yeah, it's def- I mean, it's definitely an interesting headline. I mean, and like like I said, uh, we we have no idea what's going on. Uh, yeah. We have no, uh, no clue. <laughs> and, you know, with the, as big as the story is, um, it's definitely – uh, it feels almost impossible to even even talk about it, you know, because we don't know. We don't. Dave Meltzer was on CNN today talking about it. that's a wild sequence in itself that a wrestling <laughs> reporter is on CNN sure. talking about this. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Josh stole one of my questions, so I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm sorry, my to, bad. Uh, another one. <laughs> don't want to answer. If you don't want to, don't want to ask it or answer it. I'm sorry. That's no problem. We won't make you answer it. Um. What happened? He's smiling already. Look at Leo. He's already like smiling. You and Tony Khan, after after you um, asked him to apologize for the big small stuff, what happened between you and Tony Khan after that in the aftermath of it? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing really. Nothing really happened. I think a lot of people would like to get riled up, 
you know, on social media because they see one thing and that's the story that they want to stick. I understand that, you know, as a wrestling fan, I get it. Um, uh, but, you know, just like I don't know what's going on in, in, in everybody else's business within wrestling, you know, you know, fans don't know what's going on in, in some of the, the wrestlers business. Uh, you know, what's what's put that's out really there. True. What's put out there is put out there and it's not the, the whole and entire um, you know, story, but that's what the story that people like to run with. So everything has been fine. It was just one of those things where it was unfortunate that uh, what was going on uh, publicly was around the same time where I knew that my time was coming to an end anyways. Um, so yeah, me and me and Tony are fine though. Uh, me and Tony are, are, are a-okay. Awesome. I want to get back to your music really quickly. Is this something that, like, would you take a step back from the wrestling aspect of it and focus generally just on music for as long as you want to? One and two, what got you fully into wanting to do this the, to get into the music industry? Um, I think, I think, um, you know, me wanting to be a part of the music industry. I, I, I never really wanted to be a part of the music industry. I just wanted to do music. Uh, I, I wanted I wanted that creative outlet, um, you know, other than wrestling, um, and I, I need I needed something new, and 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 personally, you know, music was helping me find who I was, you know, as a person, and and figure and you know figure out who I am as 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 a father, and you know, as a husband, and uh, you know, everything else. Uh, I I definitely think that it was something that was therapeutic for me. And it took my mind off of wrestling. It, it it gave me a platform to you know take that negative energy or whatever it was that I was going through in my life and putting it into something positive, and that being my music. So, um, yeah. Uh, and, and with with it right now, me me taking this 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 break from wrestling is, is much needed. You know, even you know even outside of my my, my shoulder injury, uh, I, I like being able to look at wrestling from this this new perspective and it gives me clarity uh on you know it, if i want to continue to be a part of the wrestling business which i do and how how extensively do i want to be involved within the music industry and um i just want to do music so however far that takes me if it, if 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 that you know drifts me away from the the, the wrestling industry then then, then so be it um, uh, but my, my love for wrestling, that doesn't mean that my love for wrestling has changed or uh, my want to be in the ring. That I feel like that's always going to be there. I'm an athlete, and I've been an athlete my entire life. So I don't think that, that that's going to go anywhere. But um, I'm enjoying wh what I'm going through right now with my music and my music journey. And um, it's exciting to experience where it's taken me because I never you know, imagined that it would take me as far as it did currently. Uh, and especially as quick uh, uh, as it has. So I'm looking forward to the project being out on the 24th and, and, and seeing what comes from that. And um, yeah, move from there. I haven't listened to it in a while. Are you still doing the podcast with your wife? I'm not, no. I love that podcast. That was so freaking That was a good fun. show. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That, uh, that's awesome to hear. Uh, maybe one yeah. one of these days we'll we'll pick it back up. You got to get it back. Really I mean, that, was so, that was so freaking. I mean, half the stuff was hysterical. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm like listening to even my like my wife says to me, I'm listening to this, and she goes, "What are you listening to?" And I'll say, "She hears you say something," and then she goes like this: "She goes, 
Like she just starts playing. She goes, "I'm out." That's awesome. Man. That's, that's, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. No, but it's I, really before Lyle goes. I, mm-hmm. It is true what you say, and, and you know, Lyle and I obviously have a different perspective. We're not professional wrestlers; we're fans. But you being a professional wrestler, you being able to see all these brands and these companies work, it does give you, as you said the word unique word is clarity because you're being able to now see directions of certain wrestlers and you're seeing how the creativity can go. And, and especially now, Leo, because of all these injuries that are happening, Yeah, you know, with punk and Danielson and Omega, and then and Cody and, and Randy Orton and all these guys. Now you're seeing these companies have to be beyond unique. And I feel like if you see something that, you know, gives you a spark and you say, Maybe that could be a good spot for me to go to. Maybe in the future, that might be where I'm comfortable. Then, because I'm seeing what they're doing during this tumultuous situation of all these injuries. Now I'm looking at it, and there is creativity here that this can go somewhere. You know, I think that that's so. In your perspective, I think it's a fantastic idea that you're doing this because you're really getting to see what these owners can bring out when certain situations happen. Yeah, and I think that shows their true colors in the future. Absolutely. Go, go for it, Lyle. Uh, I'm going to go back to talking music also. I don't want to throw you to ground fastballs the whole time. So no, he's the best, man. The ground's the best when he's not hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so who was your inspiration for your music? I feel like everyone in entertainment, consciously or subconsciously, they insp- are inspired or in some ways try and emulate somebody. Now, is there anyone you try and emulate, or you, or you, or inspired your work in particular? Um, I, I, I really like unique voices, um, uh, you know, and, and people that are so out there with, with who they are, and proud of you know who they are as as individuals. You know, people that like really like stand out to me. I, I like. Um, right now, uh, you know, I'm pretty big on like Zero uh, Seventy Shake. Um, I'm, I'm big on you know Post Malone, Saint John. I love Drake's new album that just came out. It's so so different. I, I see a lot of people saying that they don't <laughs> they don't like uh, what they're hearing, but it's um, you know it's an interesting sound. I, I like I like music that's interesting and and uh, a, a good you know, face an artist to match that sound, uh, that, that complements that well. So, um, yeah, I just like you unique artists, uh, and people that, um, believe in themselves and aren't afraid to put themselves out there and say, you know, this is me. I know that it's not the norm, but I'm not shying away from who I am and accept that. So, and I feel like I resonate with that a lot. I feel like I've always kind of gone against the grain and um, uh, went the opposite direction when it came to me in, in the wrestling industry. Um, so, yeah. We are talking to a professional wrestler and uh, hip-hop artist right here, Leo Rush, joining us this evening. And we won't keep him on for too much longer. I know how busy he is and everything like that. But, Lyle, you were going to say something. Um, who was your favorite growing up? Who did you, like, who was the one who had most songs in your iPod or whatever you use, whatever you used for your music. Who was it's an your, iPod? <laughs> yeah. Who was your favorite artist growing up? Um, man, my taste has 
has been like all over the place, you know, as a kid, because I've experienced so many different things. You know, I, I went through a heavy, you know, screamo phase. Uh, oh, you would, have been best friend, you would have been best friends with my wife then. She yeah, was. I went through a huge, you know, heavy metal, like rock screamo phase. And, you know, I love like dubstep music. I remember I was super into dubstep music at, at one point and, and, uh, um, was I, as weird as it, that is by me. I, I, I love you know, R&B. Uh, I love, mm -hmm. you know, hip hop rap. So I, I, my taste has always been all over the place. I, I never really listened to country music all that much. Um, uh, but I remember, I remember two artists that I would listen to uh, pretty uh, regularly. Um, I remember listening to Michael Jackson a lot. I remember listening to Chris Brown a lot. I remember listening to Drake a lot, uh, Lil Wayne, um, Eminem, Kanye, uh, uh, Kid Cudi, uh, Lupe Fiasco, um, Art Future. Yeah, yeah. You like the halftime show this year for the for the football? I did, I did. I what a, incredible! That was such an incredible moment. <laughs> that mm -hmm. was uh, that was pretty big. So I'm glad that I got a chance to you know watch that live. I normally don't. That was awesome. Get a chance to watch you know sporting events you know live. I'm always like looking at like highlights and stuff like that. So I'm I'm glad that I was. It made me feel old. Did it make you feel <laughs> old? Did it make you feel old watching it? It made me feel really yeah. old. Who me? Yeah, because it made me feel old watching that. Because I was like, man, like these are the guys that grew up like, man, like, and everybody's like, say, who's? It was so funny. I was like looking on Twitter. People were like, who's this guy? I don't know, like, who this person was. <laughs> I'm like, guys, what are you talking about? I, I no, mean, that was I don't know who Eminem is. You don't know who Snoop Dogg is, really? What's wrong with you people? Yeah, it was cool <laughs> to see like those different generations of you know rappers like like that too. Yeah, from Kendrick to Eminem to Snoop to Dre, like. It was cool to see them all on one stage. Yeah. 50 yeah. Cent going upside down. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. That was yeah. great. I mean, it just, I mean, I just, I'm watching, I'm going, this is awesome. And then I have like, like my son's in the other room. I'm like, I feel old. <laughs> you know what, you know what I'm saying? You know what, really quick, you know what, you know what it makes me start to feel old? I started feeling old when I'm watching the NFL draft and like these NFL prospects are like nine years younger than me. And I'm just like, this is disgusting. I don't know what I did with myself. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I tell my wife that all the time. Like, this is like, I got a 19. Like, Juan Soto came up playing baseball. He was, what, 19, 20? I mean, it's, it's gross. What was I doing? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, it's horrible. But, like, but uh, my question for you, Leo, is I got one more for you. And that's, we know the last couple of years you've been in a lot of different companies. And I alluded to them with AEW, New Japan. WWE, um, MLW, you, you also, you know, you, you also did some GCW stuff and everything like that and, 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 and all those different brands. Could you see yourself maybe, cause I, I feel like you're the type of guy that you'll sign a contract, but you, you want to give it like a trial run. You want to see how it goes. How does it flow? Will I fit here in the time that I have, or would you, want to sign something and say this is where I want to be long term because I understand you wanting to sign a short term deal just so you can kind of feel out the product you want to make yeah. sure that you're doing the best for you and your family and for your own self because if you're not happy Leo it's going to be a sucky situation then stuck in that contract 
No, for sure. I mean, I don't, I guess, I guess when you say that, um, uh, I, but I've never, I've never gone into a situation like that before yeah. uh, uh, of saying, you know, I want to test, I want to, I want to test, sure. test trial. I've never, I've never gone into any um, situation like that, but I, I'm, I am glad that uh, I've been able to work on these short term deals uh, like I've been doing. Um, with other companies and other promotions. And I guess, I don't know, I've always, I feel like I've always been the kind of person that likes to see uh, the resume. Uh, and I've always, um, I haven't been too fond of, you know, staying in one place uh, for, for too long. Um, I, I like to build my resume. I like to put things on my resume. Uh, so, you know, and and, I, and especially with how many opportunities there are within wrestling right now, I feel like to me it doesn't really make too much sense. Sure. Uh, maybe at a different point in my career, uh, I'd want to you know lock myself down to to a deal. Um, but you know, at, you know, like you said, as of as of late, you've seen me you know in this promotion for a short amount of time, and that promotion. And it's not a bad thing, Leo. It's not a bad. And it's thing. deliberate. It's, it's, it's not. It's you. It's like you said, you're building your resume and you have the uber amount of talent to no matter what promotion you go to, you, you've been successful at every promotion. And, I'm, and I'm 27. So I'm in no rush. See what I mean? Now I feel really old, man. You're younger, you're younger than me. You know, <laughs> no like, pun intended. this? No pun intended. But I'm 31. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've, uh, I feel like um, over the last two years, I've been – I've been building a pretty good relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that is a place where I can see myself mm-hmm. uh, and I can see myself thrive. So, um, uh, you know, I'd love to to be there uh, as a mainstay uh, when I am healed up and ready to go. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like doing I like I like doing it all, man. I like I like experiencing different different companies and how how things are ran and the different audiences and fan bases because they are different. You know, there are fans that that only watch WWE. There are fans that only watch AEW. There are fans that only watch Impact. You know, and that's because each company is different. It's not by you know coincidence that they have separate separate fan bases. So I want to be able to experience that as a performer and as a worker. Like, okay, why do fans like this product so much? I want to find that out for myself. Sure. Do you find that the, because the New Japan fan base, a lot of it is the fan of the uh, pure wrestling. Do you find um, portraying yourself to that fan base? What do you think of the challenges trying to portray yourself to them compared to the AEW and WWE fan base? That fan base, the hardcore New Japan fan bases, they are insane. I've, talked to some of them before and they can be i yeah <laughs> like yeah you fans are toxic but oh boy it's a hardcore pure <laughs> no i i you know i i maybe maybe i don't see it yet because i'm not there um uh, but I, I'm sure once my name gets circulating, I'll, I'll start to, to notice the differences between between uh, each set of, of fan bases. But, um, you know, I try not to even harp on that too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I did a lot when I was in WWE, what somebody is saying about me or to yourself. whatever the case may be. But, you know, uh, the longer you do this, the longer you start to realize that it doesn't matter what you do. You know, people are going to have difference of opinions and like separate things and, and 
um, go about things differently. So I just try to stay the course and, and, and do what I do and, and continue to be myself. And people, you know, like that. And hell yeah, if they don't, who gives a shit? I love that. That's what I would say. Last, really quick. So you say new, you say new Japan, like, could you see yourself moving to Japan or do you say like, would you still stay with like the new Japan strong stuff? Like what would be ideal for you? I could see myself moving to Japan. Um, I think I've done a lot of traveling uh, at a, at a very young age. And I feel like I've made it, uh, I've made it to the point where I feel comfortable and I feel my most self when I'm on the road traveling and when I'm uh, busy and out of the country and, and doing things that are out, out of the norm. So uh, I'd love to experience Japan uh, 100%, you know. Uh, yes, the tours are, are dope. The tours are, are pretty cool uh, um, from what I can see. You know, I haven't experienced one um, as of yet, but uh, I'd love to, to be there, you know, full time and just experience a different culture and um you know be around the the, the, the actual fans and, and and get to experience that what it's like to you know be a, a quote-unquote you know like celebrity in japan so um i think i think being able to experience that you know full-on would would be pretty cool. oh fantasma i'd like to see you kick his ass again oh yeah yeah that's coming that's yo coming. He, you owe him a receipt man you know yeah that. <laughs> but and, but now obviously I'm assuming junior division. Could you see yourself heavyweight division against Okada, Naito, those guys? I could. Oh, I could. Um, I could. Oh, you kick Will Ospreay's ass. Come on, you know that. <laughs> yeah, and if you, you uh, should be match this weekend. Next <laughs> weekend, that freaking stuff they did. No, I've that. never been shy to, <laughs> to wrestle. You know, people <clears> two, three four times my size. I mean, if you follow my career, you've seen me get, you know, beat up and tossed around and, and pick guys up, you know, over my head, like Keith Lee. Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm fully prepared to do what it, um, do what it takes in order to compete within that heavyweight division. Um, you know, because I've wrestled, I've wrestled with some of those guys in that division before, uh, on the independent scene. So, um, you know who's to say I can't I can't do that again within New Japan. So I have one final question from from me. I don't know if for, what Josh wanted to do after that, but um, if Brett Lauderdale called you to do a death match with Nick Gage, would you do it? No. <laughs> no. He thought about that one before. No, let me tell you something. I was at that downward spiral show in Vegas. It was like a billion freaking degrees in oh, there. Like Chris, like Chris Bay couldn't even stay in there anymore. He went outside with his shirt off and was like just talking to people. It was, I mean, it was so hot in there. And I'm, I'm like seven rows back next to my buddy. He's not even there next to me. He's in like the rampway and. They're in a death match, and the light tube goes flying and grazes my arm. And I said, what the hell? And then I got involved in the AEW match, too. The, the, the Anarchy in the Arena. My dad saw me. Eddie Kingston got mustard all over my, my sneakers. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, my dad goes to me, oh, I hope they pay you for your dry cleaning. I said, yeah, you're funny. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you're hysterical. <laughs> but um, 
Listen, like I said, Leo, I, I, I think you have the right mindset, the right trajectory to have a, a unbelievable continuous career that you've had already. And the music stuff is great. My last question, are you Jay White's mystery opponent this next <laughs> weekend at Forbidden Door? I wish I wish I could tell you yes. Because I am looking for I am looking forward to, to wrestling Jay White. Um you know I'd love uh, to see that. We 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 tag together a lot in Ring of Honor. Um and I think the history is there and um it, it would be pretty cool if that if that got to uh to happen again. But but in you know, hopefully in a new Japan ring and hopefully for the IWGP heavyweight championship. I love it. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, great. Now watch. Now Cassidy's gonna go right. You know what says New Japan's a favorite. <laughs> hey man, hey, I'm shooting for this. I always gotta shoot for the stars, man. You know me. Come on. Let me now. tell you something, there is no shame in that at all. What, what are we doing this for? That's what I'm saying. By the way, I greatly appreciate Appreciate you, Lyle. Appreciate you Definitely. always coming on. Um, and thank you for reaching out. Seriously, we're so glad we got to do this and everything like that. In all seriousness, like I said, even outside the wrestling ring, you know, what I'm saying, or, or just at a concert, if even just get together and hang out and shoot the shit and everything yeah. like that, Definitely. just to chill, man, for sure. Sound on me. And everything like that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, for sure, man, when you're in New York, let us know. We'll be on the lookout for it. Don't be a stranger. Come on the no, show. Right. Any, I'm any, actually going to be in New York on the 28th to the 3rd. So let's definitely uh, try to do something. Oh, okay. dude, let's definitely do something for sure, 100%. Alex won't be there. Alex lives in Florida, but, you, you oh. know, whatever. He, he hasn't been on the show like a month and a half anyway because he's got his new <laughs> job. So it's like yeah. – <laughs> he's too good for us now. But, no, nah, but, Leo, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, pro wrestler and musician Leo Rush with his new album coming out next Friday on the 24th. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. The first album kicked ass, and this one's going to be even better. Leo, have a great weekend, man. Say hi to the family for us, and have a continuous great, great, great next few weeks with the announcement and everything like that, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate oh, Leo, thank you, man. Appreciate thank it. You. Leo Rush, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we definitely, uh, like I said, we wanted to take that time for sure. We went over Listen, we're good for 5.30 next weekend because I'm home Friday. I might be good, yeah. I have to double check, but I You better double check because if you don't double check, guess what's happening? I'm starting the show at 5.30 by myself because that makes me the king of kicking your ass. Oh, no, no, no. I'm the king. I'm the king. I am am a crown, okay? I'm a goddamn crown. I will be the king. Okay. My crown is on par with the WWE crap of a crown they have. You know, for sure. And I completely forgot to ask Leo how you could reach him on social media, but I, I'll i do it for him and everything like that. You could tweet him at, at Leo Rush. He's got his Instagram account and everything like that as well. So you could definitely reach out to him for sure. Very excited. Um, want to thank Joe Galley again. That was amazing. These were two unbelievable guests. They were great interviews, yes. They were both awesome. Both are not going to be strangers to this product for sure that we're doing. And we're going to continue the great wrestling throughout Throughout next week, I don't believe there's any wrestling this weekend. There's nothing going on. You got Forbidden Door next week. And then... I believe so. I think that's it. I think after Forbidden Door, that's it. I, I, I don't know when the next show is. I think it might be Money in the Bank. So, we'll see. But we got to thank Joe Galley again. Got to thank Leo Rush again. Always a pleasure to have Leo on. And it was so great to meet Joe tonight. Lyle... Have an unbelievable, great weekend, man. Glad we got to stay on. 
Speedy, thank you so much for extending it as well. Seriously, in all seriousness, thank you to Speedy for staying on. You know how busy he is and everything like that for continuing to do a great job producing. So, for Alex Lowe's, for Speedy PD, for Lyle Gillen, I'm Josh Silver. We don't even need finishing moves tonight. Those were awesome enough to be our finishing moves, just to be appreciative of those two guys that came on tonight. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Have an amazing weekend. Enjoy it. Um, if you celebrate Juneteenth, have a happy holiday on Monday with that as well. And we will talk to you next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, whether Lyle's there or not. I'm the real king of badassery here, okay? So I'm going to be the one that's on. So it don't matter if he's on or not. He knows it too. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one and have a great weekend for Lyle and for Josh. Kenny Omega, take it away, man. Have a great weekend, everybody. I must bid you adieu. So say with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. Thank you for listening to Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.